Hello, Bombshell Patriots. This is your host, Alyssa Flood. And tonight I have a very special guest. Um, We have had this conversation uh, multiple times since I actually met her when she joined the Bombshell Patriots support group. And tonight I have Angela Yoa. (laughs) Hi. So that name is really fun. And I'm going to like be practicing it now. Just because Uyowa is a good time. It is. Uh, when I met my husband, um, I had to practice it a lot. And then when I got married, um, my dad got mad because my name is the only one in his Rolodex underneath my first name. <laughs> you got that Rolodex. <laughs> so I said, Dad, you're the only person with a Rolodex. That is great. (laughs) That is so awesome. Okay, so background. You were in the military. What branch? I was in the United States Army. What was your MOS? I was a 92 Fox. When I first got in in 2003, it was a 77 Fox. So it may have changed again, but it's a petroleum supply specialist. Ooh, I haven't met any of those. That's pretty cool. (laughs) So we were talking before. You're another one who has been kind of with me since the beginning. So why have you stuck around Bombshell Patriots for so long? And I'm so proud to be a Bombshell Patriot. I love that it's just female veterans and people who support female veterans and any issues that we have going on that's different. I mean, I don't like to come across as sexist or as, because I do believe in equality, but there are issues that we have that men don't have. For example, what do we do when we're on deployment and we have a period? Um, you know, there are some things where you we're the minority in the main body. But when we're here, we can openly discuss those things and kind of laugh about some of the challenges that we've had along the way, like eating to save our drinking water to wash our hair, or I don't know, just changing your clothes inside of your sleeping bag because you're sleeping in a tent with how many other guys? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, I had kind of a, a cool experience the last couple days, a bombshell in another veteran group had seen where, um, a sister had unfortunately been assaulted and fell in really hard times. And the bombshell that saw it was actually in Colorado and her, you know, that her sister in arms who had been assaulted was actually in Miami and she reached out and she goes, I don't know what to do. I don't know if she is a bombshell. I go, one, we now have uh, a director for mobile crisis for mental health. And that's one of the things that we're working on is uh, um, a mobile crisis and getting our warm line and stuff together. And so thankfully we were able to kind of intercept that. And uh, me and the director of our mobile crisis unit, we were going back and forth and that bombshell was still in the group chat. And she's like, this is insane. And I was like, welcome to Bombshell Patriots. This is what happens that you guys don't see is we're sitting here at 1145 at night trying to find resources, you know, 900 miles away. 
And uh, I've actually seen some of those chats and like, where are they from? I am here. I can respond. Like, what do you need? Yep. And I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like this giant international network of battle buddies, which has been really cool. Um, okay. So were you active duty? Yes, I was active duty from 2005 to, or sorry, 2003 to 2007, and then I was National Guard from 2007 to 2011. So, you and I have had, we've had conversations about K2, and we have shared, um, you know, when you were working on trying to get that house resolution and getting more attention, we had talked about it and we had shared it. So I think kind of before we go down the rabbit hole of K2, we should give the disclaimer that there's going to be things in this podcast that are probably going to be hard to hear. Because um, not only are you going to discuss the details about things at K2, but I'm sure you're probably going to touch on some of the things that you've experienced since being a K2 veteran. So with that, I know when I looked up, um, it's the stronghold freedom foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Stronghold freedom foundation.org. That's kind of, they're kind of the home base, um, for veterans who've been to K2. And, uh, I pulled that website up and I've done a little bit of reading on it from conversations I've had with you, but to see the statistics of how many of you have been there, I mean, yeah, yep. And, you know, this coming from the standpoint of uh, working for a service office and doing V claims, VA claims, um, we don't see a lot of K2 veterans because we're still phasing out of Vietnam veterans. We are getting more post 9-11 veterans coming in. But I really think in order to do veteran justice for veterans, especially K2 veterans, is we need to know more about this because we know a lot about Agent Orange, obviously. And this is kind of the modern day equivalent of Agent yes. Orange. I mean, when you really sit down and look at it. So, I guess, give us a little bit of background. It was an Air Force base, correct? Yeah, but it was, it had a kind of a special mission. Um, It was secret. Most of the documents were classified until 2000, or yeah, uh, 2020, ironically enough. Um, And when we, it was... We had a lot of missions that had to do with intel or supplies that were being transferred from one place to the other. It really kind of was a jump-off point to get into Afghanistan. Um, The government that was there was very, I guess I shouldn't say very, they were okay with us being there. Uh, They were overthrown at one point, so we had to leave, and we had to leave quickly. They gave us six months to get out, but they were considered hostile at that point. Um, everything we did was kind of classified. Um, 
I did SATCOM, even though I'm a petroleum supply specialist, I was cross-trained and I was given my speech on what I said whenever I had to do my missions. I also had civilian clothes um, while I was on post there and I got to leave post in my civilian clothes sometimes and do like humanitarian stuff. So I got to see some really cool things. That's the good kind of, if you look at what the post was, without the toxins and the radiation um it was depending on what year you went it was either the worst place to be or it was the best place to be um in the first few years that post existed it flooded really bad just because of the way everything was laid out they did some changes with the layout um and it became better and it didn't flood so bad <laughs> Different 
from one side to the other in a building that was on the radiation bed. I don't know how I don't have cancer yet, or it, I, it hasn't been detected. I hope not to get cancer. Um, but what I have is I have problems with my nerves. They're not entirely sure. One doctor thinks I have started to replicate nerves, so I have three or four nerves at each site instead of just one. And then another doctor thinks that I have um, potentially have damage in my brain stem and my spinal column um, that's causing the signals from my body to be miscommunicated. So when somebody else is like, let's say, the best way to describe it is like if I sit, it feels like I'm sitting on a sunburn. Um, so all of your I, nerves are basically just firing constantly. Yeah, somebody else described it as like, let's imagine you have four children. One child talking to you, you, you know, happy, bubbly, gregarious, one child may not feel overwhelming. But you get four children, even if they're happy, talking to you all the time, it can be overwhelming. So my brain has, instead of one spot talking, one nerve, it has like four. So my brain starts getting overwhelmed and it starts interpreting everything as pain. Yes. So when I first wake up in the morning after I've had a really good sleep, and that is like perfect, I can wake up with a level of pain that's about three. So not horrible. But the more times I use something through the day, the more it amplifies that pain. So, for example, if I take about 2,000 steps, it actually feels like about 15,000. And my body just starts hurting so bad. I have a handicap placard, so that way I can get a front spot so I can take less steps when I go in a store. But I cannot make it out of a store without feeling crippling pain. It's impossible. Like, I can't do it. So, they gave me a cane. And I've been using that, but it doesn't really help because I'm still using my feet. Yep. And then when I use the cane, the pressure from the cane in my wrist, even if I'm doing it right, because my physical therapist tells me I'm doing it right, yep. it still transfers that pressure through my wrist and causes pain. So at this point, I'm trying to find a scooter that's like, you can stand on it, but you can also sit on it. So that way... When the pressure from my legs burning is too much, I can stand up, but I can still go around. So you need, like, a Segway with a seat. Yes! Oh, my goodness, yes! <laughs> a Segway with a seat. We shall call it the bombshell scooter. <laughs> like... Yes! Done! Yeah, oh, my gosh. I get randomly dizzy. Um, I also... My heart doesn't always feel like it's beating right. So um, I had an EKG and it found nothing. So they did like the extensive one. I think it's a 12 lead. Uh huh. And then they found it. I do have an irregular heartbeat. It happens every single beat. Um, so they said I would, I would have died by now if it was going to kill me. But I have to come back if it changes. And I'm like, oh, yay, because I know what that is. So coming from personal experience with my bucket load of health issues um dysautonomia is actually a neurological condition and it can be triggered by all different kinds of stuff 
So. Yes. So Ooh. I was going to ask if you had dysautonomia. Um, that's actually on the 26th. I start testing to see if I have it. Yeah. And so when we're uh, after this episode, there's actually three of us bombshells who all have it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's scary, but at the same time, it's like, okay, what I have going on has a face. Yep. It has a name. I think what is the most frustrating coming from, now, again, I have not experienced what you have been, so this is not to discount your service or anybody's service at K2 or across the board. This is strictly because... I have terrible genetics. Something went haywire at some point in my bloodline. I think what is the most frustrating is you look fine, so nothing's wrong. Yep. I think the other part that is really frustrating is this isn't going to go away. There is yes. no curing this. There is no... No more pain. So that is, I think, is where it gets the most frustrating is when you come to that realization of this is now my life, but how do I make the best of it? Yes. And then the mental health stuff that comes in with that, because whole body can depression get a hold of you when you're going through these things. And and I will say if it was not for the other two bombshells who I found out have the same things going on. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. When I started this group, I had no idea that bombshell Patriots was going to save me as much as it has. And that I think that's the biggest thing is just having that support system of I'm having a really bad pain day. I want to run off my deck. Talk me down, you know? Yeah. Cause the pain doesn't go. Yeah. I mean, it's figuring out how to cope. <laughs> Absolutely. That was the thing that caught me off guard. So, I'm not, like, a super young person. I'm almost 40. And I'm isolated right now because of COVID. And somebody just started sending me videos that were funny on TikTok. So, I finally just joined TikTok. And I was scrolling through some videos... And I saw this woman who is dancing with an IV pole singing, like doing karaoke. And then I, I just got curious about her. And in the next video, she's in a wheelchair. And I just thought, my goodness, that woman is just like me. You know, like, she's doing the best she can. She's trying to be positive and uplifting. But, like, she's in a wheelchair when she's out in public, but she can be up and around when she's in her own house. And it, so I finally just contacted her, and it was the best decision I ever made because, like, she really does understand, and she pushes me to do things for my health that I wouldn't do without her pushing me yeah. just to make myself comfortable. Yeah. And it's so I, defeating. I, there was one night in particular. Um, I'm on some medication now that brings my pain level down. It doesn't fix it by far, but... There was a point where I was at the bottom of the stairs in my house, and I could walk to the stairs, 
but I knew how much pain I was going to be in walking up the stairs, and I just sat on the bottom step and just started sobbing. Like, I didn't want to ask for help. I didn't want to be that person, and I knew in order for me to go to bed, I was going to have to. Mm-hmm. And then my husband, I don't know if he heard me crying from the other room or whatever, because I was trying to be quiet, but he's military too. He knows how to listen. So he picked me up and carried me up the stairs and put me in bed. No questions asked. I didn't have to say anything. Like, he just knew. And I think that's that's the other thing that is, and I think, honestly, out of everything, I think that's the worst part about it is the burden you become and the guilt that comes from that as a wife as a mom and you know and I I have explained it in I'm human I'm not gonna lie in my angry emotional outbursts and breakdown it's like being a prisoner and I'm trapped inside this body and my mind is screaming this isn't me you gave me the wrong body I'm stronger than this I can do so much more than this but your body's that prison cell You know, and then in your situation to then have this fight ahead of you and all these other veterans who served at K2, like for me, there is no justice in it. I just got a bad gene pool. But then to have all of you who served in a place like this, like you, you signed that check and you took that oath and then you got put there. If our government honestly needed us to be there, because that's potentially the case, there was no other option, at least tell me before I go. I would have bought my own gear to make sure that I was safe. You know, I I will do the right thing. I want to serve my country. I want to be that person. But I also want the option to go home healthy. I Even when I was on post, I never really felt right. Like, I could have all the energy in the world and something just wasn't right. You know, it got to the point where my knees were really achy while I was still there and my joints were achy, but what, I didn't want to say anything because I was hoping to go officer. So I just kind of kept it to myself. And then when I signed the forms on my way back home, everything's fine. Everything's fine. The only thing I did was I put on the form this tells you how bad I was hurting. I actually put on my form that my knees were aching. That's the only thing that made it onto my Betty valve. I had more stuff going on than that, but that I actually wrote that down because it was hurting. I called my uncle, who's an osteopath and a homeopath, and I told him what was going on, and he gave me a meds to take and told me it should help me feel better. Um... I think that's probably part of the reason why I'm not as bad as some of the other people because I got nutrition so fast, but I still kept progressing. And there were rumors, because there were signs all over the place that told you how toxic the place was. There was literally a sign that said radiation, like don't go back here. There was another sign that said chemical, don't go back here. Um, But that pool, there was a pool that was... I guess I'm kind of changing the subject a little bit. There was a pool that was like this iridescent
fluorescent green, and it would randomly turn black, and then like this burnt orange color, and then it would go back to this iridescent green. We call it Skittles Pond. What I found out later after I got back and did some research is that is how uranium reacts with water. So there was uranium that was actively coming to the surface in that pond because when the uranium reacts with the water, it turns black. When it's not doing anything, it sits there as this green color. So there would be another chunk of it somewhere that would bubble up and it would turn the whole pond black and then it would turn back to this burnt orange color and then it would finally go back green. So the chemicals were actively there and I remember um, it happened one time pretty dramatically while I was there and everybody wanted to go see it. They were climbing the berm to go look at this pond. Tell me those soldiers were told about that toxic environment in a way that made them believe it. So they climbed the berm and looked at it and I remember standing there thinking that is probably the coolest thing I will ever see and the most dangerous. I am not going up there. Yeah. That's like something you'd like, see in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Something is obviously wrong up there. I'm not doing it. And there's enough signs around here for me to kind of get a little bit of a hint that maybe I shouldn't be checking that out. Yeah. But it still felt like this weird, vague rumor. So when we got back, I didn't say anything. I spent years on my own getting worse. I've been to physical therapy, acupuncture, chiropractor, you name it, even the witch doctor. Trying to, you know, somebody I consider a witch doctor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to get this pain thing in check. And it wasn't until 2019 or 2018, I think, when my husband was in the bathroom, he saw a, a news report about K2, and in it it had the link to um, the um, Karshi Kanabad, that's what the K2 is from. Karshi Kanabad Uzbekistan had a support group on Facebook. Really? So I immediately found them and joined, and then I found out that they had proof. The intelligence community on that Facebook page was like, yep, we had radiation detectors that went off while we were there. We sent them with the results back to the government, showing them that this is what it was. They sent us new detectors and said the old ones were defective, and that's what they kept doing. Every single time these, defect, these detectors would go off, we'd get a new one, and they'd tell us the old one was defective. Yeah. Yeah. So there was definitely active radiation, active poison, so active toxins. That explains when you go to strongholdfreedom.org, those documents that just recently got unsealed. Really? I actually saw the um, the orders, and it said that American troops could go to that post if they had the proper equipment. And I think that's where the mishandling happened. Because the proper equipment is not outlined in that document. You need, like, mop level and 800. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We needed, we needed something else. But it, oh, what does that mean when you say proper gear? Your boots, your BDUs, 
dishwashing gloves? Like, what do we need here? <laughs> yeah. And as if, and they told us that we weren't supposed to, on the form it says, do not dig. I never once heard, do not dig, that I can think of. I remember when they were installing, they did install those, we call them Lego buildings, where they bring in connexes. Yeah. And then they walk together and they're a building. Mm-hmm. too like you were talking earlier about you know it being sand there's one guy um who documented every single day he was sick while he was there and his book man i swear it's a couple inches thick i mean it was it's just crazy but god bless him for doing that because like that book i mean can potentially help somebody else um absolutely i mean i went i felt like i was crazy I, because I couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't believe that my government would send me to a place like that where, without any protection, you know, like I wanted to do the right thing. I want to serve my country. I want to, you know, no matter what, but I just, it couldn't process. And then when I went to the VA, they told me that there was no proof that K2 had any toxins on it and that Uzbekistan that the post we were at was just fine. It was safe. So I can't even get my claim approved and I can't even work a full day now. Yeah. Until there's a case that goes through the board of veteran appeals, you know, and that, that precedent and that presumptive is set. And the only way that presumptive will get set is if Congress passes it. And. Which they did pass. Um, some laws, so they're actually doing an active study on us right now, but I'm concerned about an active study anyway, because like I said, we were on different places, exposed mm-hmm. to different levels of different things. If you're closer to the radiation, you're going to get more radiation symptoms. If you're closer to where the nerve gas was, you're going to get more nerve gassy symptoms, mm-hmm. you know, and all kind of low level. So we all end up with like these weird symptoms. Some people have burning sensations. Some people have thyroid problems. Women can't have children. Um, there's just, it's, it's a potpourri. Well, and then I had also seen, it said that veterans who served at K2 are at a 500% increase of developing not just one cancer, but multiple cancers. Yes, and it's not any type of cancer. They're very aggressive cancers and oftentimes terminal cancers. So the best thing is to have some kind of health checkup often. And like I said, the VA does not recognize it as a toxic location. What's nice now because all those bills just passed, there the, some VA centers are already starting to respond, and they're actually looking for us. Others aren't. I haven't gotten notification yet, um, 
that they're trying to help me, but somebody else has, um, and he's actually been in the system a lot longer. He's been fighting a lot longer than most of us, and he just got a screening and found out that he now, 15, 20 years later, just developed the cancer. But because he's been so on top of it, he has a chance that he might be able to fight it because he's been going to oncology this whole time. Like, I think he said something like every month. So there's, he's got to fight. But still, you know, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have to go to the VA that often. He shouldn't have to fight like that. So I just pulled up the Stronghold Freedom Foundation.org, the website. And, you know, this is just if anybody wants more information about this, if you were at K2, when you pull this website up, you can actually click I was at K2. If you're a family member of somebody who was at K2 or even if you're just someone who, you know, like wants to support getting more done here, you know, there's different advocacy support and events that are kind of going on. Um, yeah. And like, when you look at the pictures from K2 that are on here, like there's this, she's standing here smiling next to danger, keep out chemical agents, unexploded ordinance area. We all did that. We all took pictures next to the signs because we had a feeling we would need it. And we had all had a morbid sense of humor about it. Like, look, um, and your brain doesn't really register it as true. You're just kind of like, no. That's got to be left over from something. There's no way. That's, that's got to be a mistake. Yeah. It, just that disbelief. It, like, yeah. So there's no way those, our government wouldn't send us somewhere where those were needed. Yeah. Or if they would, we'd have a safety briefing or something or special equipment or whatever. I mean, we trained how to shoot wearing full mop gear. So. Why aren't we wearing like, it now? Like, yeah. yeah, and then there's, there's other, you know, there's other stuff here. I mean, I just, I, I, when I first went to this website, I was just like, oh my gosh. Cause I mean, I know you, stuff that you had told me, um, it was like a gut check for me because I spent all this time being told I wasn't sick because of K2, and then I find this support group, and then I find all the documents that we could get a hold of, and then the DOD was forced to be released, or forced to release the actual um, secret documents showing that they knew beforehand, and we had test results during and after of toxins that are known to cause problems in the human body. Yeah, so... For some reason, have to study it. Like, these... So, this, these are facts right off of the website. It says 392 unique chemical compounds, 500% greater chance of developing cancer, 15,777-plus military personnel had been deployed to K2. There was as many as 1,300 U.S. service members at the base at any one time. There are also hundreds of air crew members who were transient at that base from 2001 to 2005 who did crew rest in 8 to 12-hour intervals at the base. So you didn't even have to be stationed here. 
to be exposed. So that's something else coming from, like, if you're listening to this and you know anyone who was a pilot and who would have been over approximately 2001 to 2005, maybe just ask, hey, did you ever stop at K2? Um, yep. And then seven. Only found five, about 5,000. And then 75% will develop an illness. It just. Here's the other thing. We had USO shows come through. They didn't always perform, but they would fly through to go to other places. Robin Williams, um, David Hasselhoff. We've actually tried to ask the USO for help to get a hold of who all the celebrities were that just spent the night or who were flying through to go somewhere else. You guys requested the information from USO and they just said no, sorry. Yeah, they said no. That was pretty upsetting to all of us just because if you've been through something like that or you're going through something like that, I believe that you deserve to have the support of other people who are going through the same thing or a similar thing or they saw the conditions and they could be our advocate and they could be a really strong advocate too, which I don't know, maybe that's the reason why. Or maybe they just don't have the list. Yeah, because, you know, with all of this, there's no changing it at this point. And when it comes down to this, um, you know, and we, we've seen this with, Agent Orange for years, then it was brown water, then it was blue water. Um, We're starting to see things ramp up regarding burn pits in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, You know, and so this issue is it affects obviously a very smaller um, population of service members. But when it comes down to it is it really takes that advocacy and the writing your senator and writing your congressman and going, hey, we need Uzbekistan listed as, um, you know, a theater under Chapter 38, because unless that is done, you guys aren't going to be able to get the benefits. Um, You're not going to be able to get service connected for a lot of that. Uh, And even even with Mukmi's, you know, if Uzbekistan is not listed in as a Southeast Asia theater, there's there's nothing there. And so that's that biggest thing is writing your senator, writing your congressman and saying, hey, I need you to support this. This needs to happen. Yeah, and within the K2 group, outside of the Stronghold Freedom Foundation in the K2 group, the support group, we actually had an Excel sheet and we knew how many times somebody had been written from our group. Um, we knew which, which government body, their name, their office, everything about them. And we had who contacted them, what their response was, if they would support us or not and we kept a list of that and we kept pushing and pushing and pushing um so you're right i mean we're like 20 years after the fact 15 to 20 years after the fact 
I mean, we're following a similar timeline to Agent Orange. It took them about 25 years. Yep. So we we feel like we've got five more years of pushing before it finally caves. Yeah. It's, well, and then even I mean, even after even after that fight, that battle is won, then you have this whole other, you know, and then it comes to educating VA providers um, and educating, co- you know, contractors that do the comp and pin exams for the VA, um, you know, then it's like this whole other hill that has to be climbed. But right now is essentially that Mount Everest that has to hit the top. Um, and in order to and help all of you guys get there is write yeah, your senator and write I your congressman. the person's name, so I'm, do- I'm doing them a dishonor, but... Somebody died, and his death wish was that case new veterans would have a support group and would have a place to go and would know what they were up against. And his friends that had also been to K2 got together and created the K2 group and created Stronghold Freedom Foundation. So the, the board members of Freedom Stronghold Freedom Foundation are all directly connected to K2 and they all volunteer their time. We spent or we saved $700,000 last year alone in just our volunteer work. And that's a body of almost 5,000. So we're very small, but we're doing the work. We're getting out there. We're talking to people. It's, I can't say enough about how they're doing it too. The people that are working for us um, in the Stronghold Freedom Foundation, they're very professional, and I really appreciate that about them. They're not out screaming profanities or egging senators or I don't know anything that could happen that way. They're just, they're really doing a credit to our group. You know, and that's something that, and I I have had to have, this conversation with people when it comes to bombshell patriots um, because we have had uh, some bombshells come forward and uh, they did not they did not like the fact that bombshell patriots will support male veterans if they're in need um, you know obviously our, our biggest focus is women of service largest population of that is female veterans um, but My biggest thing like with that was if I walk into a room with 10 of you screaming obscenities, but I walk into a room with three males who are quiet and composed, where am I going to get farther? I'm going to get a lot farther for the, with those men who are composed and professional and have the experience and the rank. And they support us in our mission and they go, you need to listen to her. Then I would with a bunch of screaming females. And if that offends anybody, you know, I, I apologize for that, but. You're not saying that females are screaming. You're just giving an example. Yeah. I totally would. I understand what you're saying. You know, you're, you're going to get a lot further with tact and decorum and professionalism. Yes. And we've had people within our own group ask us to align with certain parties or 
whatever in order to get our cause moved forward. And the board has been very clear. Um, this is nonpartisan problem. Yep. In order for us to solve this problem, it's going to have to remain a nonpartisan problem. Yep. And that is how we are going to tackle this. Yeah. So while like, politics are involved to get the means to the end. Yes. And that's one of those things coming from an organizational standpoint is it's this very thin line that you have to toe. And it's like we have to have good relationships with politicians on both sides of the aisle. But at the same time, we have to remain neutral. And there's there's many reasons why we have to remain neutral. And honestly, the biggest is, one, I don't care if you're who you are or what your party is. This is what we need to see. This is the outcome that we need to see to take care of these people. Um, you could yeah. say you could say you're from the Purple Moose Party, and I'd be like, "Sweet, are you on board?" <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was somebody who got on our website and was concerned about all the elections, and I said, "You know, good point. How many of you have contacted all of the candidates?" That means we need to stop worrying about who's going to be elected. We need to start worrying about who's been contacted. Yeah. You know, we've done so much groundwork with the people that are in office. We were hoping to get this to pass before the election. But guess what? We're down to the wire. We don't know if that's going to happen. So it's time to start contacting the candidates. Now, luckily, we did get it to pass. But, you know, there was a risk there. We've spent all this time over the last few years trying to get this stuff going, and then we finally get momentum and enough people get in office that it changes direction completely. But that didn't happen. Yeah. Luckily, we got we got the foot through the door. Yeah. Still got to walk through the door, but we got the foot in the door. Yeah. That's where it starts. Yeah, and I I think when it really comes down to it, and not to go too far down this road um, with politics. And it's a little bit hard because I am a political, I was a political science major with a minor in pre-law. But when it comes to issues like K2, um, you know, there's, there's a whole spectrum of things when it comes to women in service. We're starting to see some of those changes um, that a lot of female veterans have been wanting to see for a long time. But when it really comes down to it, in order to see those changes made, you can't care what the party affiliation is. It's simply, we have to listen to each other. Yeah, you're in office. I need your help. Yep. I, I, don't, I don't care what, you know. And I, I think that's a huge thing is that we all need to take that that time to still remember we're we're all still humans you know yeah let's say i voted for party x right Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you know party y gets an office that i can't be humble enough to ask party y for help you have to do that that that's the as my husband says that's the sandwich you were given that's the sandwich you gotta eat. Yep. You're hungry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, most definitely. 
So, um, if you are, you're willing, send a letter to your senator, send a letter to your congressman. If you don't know who they are, Google. Google Actually, is a powerful go tool. We have a, on the stronghold, um, freedom foundation.org you can actually advocate for us there is a location where it'll tell you how to write a letter but all you have to do is pick from drop boxes it will automatically fill it out it'll even fill it out with the bills that we're trying to get passed so it's no-brainer it will do everything for you all you have to do is to go to strongholdfreedomfoundation.org and look for how to advocate and I'm, there is a form, like I said, that will auto-populate for you. You can add a little notes if you want to to spice it up, and then you send it. No big deal. We just ask, please keep it professional. Polite. Yes. Like I said, Stronghold Freedom Foundation is really big on this being nonpartisan and this being all about helping the 15,000 that went, whether their needs are simply health monitoring because they're not showing symptoms right now or a death that had so many medical expenses the family's strapped and can't do anything now or the person is currently sick those that's the those are the situations we're trying to deal with right now yep and the other thing with that too um that you just touched base on is if you know a veteran who's in any of the situations that she, Angela just listed. Um, see if they talk to, if, see if they've contacted their county service officer. Um, every state has county veteran affairs offices. Every state obviously has different resources. If they, if you don't know what that is, if they do not know who their county veteran service office officer is, you can go to bombshellpatriots.org and click resources. We're also going to go ahead and we're going to get the strongholdfreedomfoundation.org website und added, under our, uh, added under our resources also um, just to make it a little bit easier. If you're like, I Googled it, I'm not sure if this is the right one. We'll make sure we have the correct link up under resources on our website also. Because, yeah, I mean, it just more people need to know about it. I mean, this is essentially this is the agent range of our generation. It is. And you're right. More people do need to know about it. It's such a small body that it's, it's hard for us to make a big noise. So we're doing our best to be that squeaky wheel. Yeah, you know, and if you're a bombshell listening, if you're listening and you just like us, please, please, please do us the favor. Um, you know, Angela does a lot of work with this because it's near and dear to her heart, which means it is near and dear to ours and... That's, you know, one of the biggest reasons why Bombshell Patriots was started is to try to help stuff like this. Um, so um, what, what would you, crying. what would you recommend we get somebody who hears this and they're like, whoa, I was at K2 and this is the stuff going on. How is the best way for them to find the support group. I think you said there's a support group of about 5,000 of you. Is that just through Facebook? Yeah, Facebook is the best way to find us. Um, I think on the, the Stronghold Freedom Foundation 
facebook.org, I also believe, has a link to the Facebook group. But you can't get in the Facebook group unless you are confirmed by someone that you were actually in K2. So it takes a little bit. So what they'll do is um, you submit your name. I think you submit your unit and a couple of things about what you did in K2. And then if they feel, well, not feel. If they verify. Yeah. They'll actually post um, um, a thread on the support page with your name and your unit. And then they ask if somebody can sponsor them. If a sponsor comes forward and says, yes, I know that person, the second they do, you get approved. Okay. But because we are really big on making sure that we have the K2 veterans, not somebody who's just trying to get information from us or somebody who's got. Well, I mean, with all of with all of the research and everything that you guys still are looking at down the road. I mean, it's understandable. Yeah. But, and if you don't get in right away, that's why I said don't panic. It usually takes a few days, but it doesn't take that long. And if you know somebody else who is in K2, they might be a part of the group. Like I said, we've got almost 5,000 out of 15. Mm -hmm. So that's one in three. Yeah. So odds are somebody from your unit is in the group. And if you contact them first, then they can give the name to the website and you'll be approved the second that you click on the link. And if they don't, your, your contact who's on the inside can let you know why. Maybe the person's on vacation. Well, it's a volunteer, but you yeah. know what I'm saying. Maybe they're away for a little while. Yeah, and that's, but, a, that's the biggest thing, too, to remember with organizations like this and bombshell and I know there's some other ones is we don't we don't do this for paychecks. We're volunteers, yeah. you know. Yeah. So things yeah. things aren't going to always happen instantly. Yes. Um, but it is worth it. Yeah. There are so many resources inside the group. Um even with like diagnosis, right? Because we all have similar symptoms. Somebody's going to know something. Yeah. So we'll go in there and you can say, I've got these symptoms, anyone else? And literally within minutes, there'll be people on there commenting back, I've got this, I was diagnosed with this. I have this, this is how it worked. When I filed my claim, I wrote this, it seemed to have worked. You go ahead and write it, which we're actually working on. Well, and buddy statements. Buddy, huh? buddy statements, going through that claims process, buddy statements are huge. So the fact that you guys already have that, um, you know, that's huge. And that's, you know, that's something that a lot of these Agent Orange veterans, they don't, they didn't have that. We didn't, they didn't have the technology we have now. Um, yeah. So the fact that you guys have that resource when, you know, you guys get on the 38 USC, um, that's huge. Is you have that pool of buddy yeah. statements. <laughs> DC said they have never seen a bill move this fast ever. And I purely think that's because we have really leveraged um, social media mm-hmm. and keeping us organized and keeping everything moving so that way we 
I mean, communicating, right? Communication is key. Yep. Yeah. I can't even imagine trying to find 5,000 people across several states before the internet. I just, I can't. That's insane. I, I would, I would still feel alone today if not for Facebook. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's insane. I mean, we had a thousand people in 10 days. So it's, it has, it, it has a lot of evils, but it also, it does have a lot of blessings that come with it. So, um, you know, the other thing too is, I mean, there's always resources. There's always somebody out here, um, if you've got any questions or anything like that, by all means, message us, contact at bombshellpatriots.org. We can get you in contact with Angela. You got anything else? We're here for you. Please be here for us. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is, you know, stuff like this does not happen without support and numbers. And I, that's one thing that as a civilian in all of this is... Um, learning, I guess, kind of learning your place in, I want to support them, but I don't know if I'm overstepping. And when it comes to stuff like this message, writing your Senator, writing your Congress, going to the website and, you know, saying, yeah, I'm an advocate. What do I need to know to help get the word out there? Um, I think we as humans have that right to support one another to make sure we're all taken care of. Absolutely. Well, I am so thankful that you came on and so sorry it took us a while to get here, but I'm glad we were finally able to do it. I'm excited and I'm, I'm hopeful. I know some of the K2 vets feel like it's slow, but it's happening. Rome wasn't built in a night. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Angela. Thank you.